down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays, is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, oh, what's up? Well, I started QuickTime three times um, <laughs> before we started this podcast. Hopefully, it will work. Uh, hopefully, we'll not need it. Um, and <laughs> I just want to say something very weird. Mm. I mean, mm. since uh, I think it's two weeks or maybe more, than Coach Degnold referred to the court scene uh, on A Few Good Men. Yeah. And it stuck with me. And two days ago, I had to rewatch it. Oh. Thought it's, it's still good? It's yeah. Okay. It's probably the first time I, I listened to it in English. Oh, really? Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Since, I mean, it's five years that I don't watch anything in Italian. Well, maybe more. Yeah. But that movie I watched when, when I was younger. And the Italian version is very good but uh, i mean the english version is another level yeah clearly it's <laughs> awesome it's so awesome uh so the thunder lose yesterday in a game i honestly haven't felt that good about a loss for the thunder in a long time they played so well yesterday mm-hmm I mean, that was one where, and the way that Mark put it is that they can lay their head on their pillow at night and fall fall asleep, knowing that they left everything out on the court. It's like, okay. Yeah, but is it is it true that they can? I mean, given the way they played last night, aren't you? I mean, are you I, talking I'm kind about of torn the, here. are you talking about last? What happened last week? The shenanigans of last week? Is that what you yeah, are yeah. referring to? <laughs> I, I don't particularly care about rotations. I mean, uh, I know that I, you know that I'm not. We talked very... all about it. Like they, they're being yeah, the yeah. thunder. Like they are doing thunder things in the midst of whatever else everybody thinks they should be doing. So like we've, we've talked, yeah, we've talked a lot about it. That this is this is the way they got here. This is how they're going to operate. It is what it, it is. Yeah, but I but I think I really really think that these that the the tinkering with the lineups has a a very very mild effect on yeah. winning or losing. Yeah, um, I think you're the, right. Like, it's more about the six, seven, eight guys, eight guys probably that played against Phoenix. Yeah, if they approach the game in the same way against Indy, I you played it, and and, and this is probably also like part of how we see things um i mean the indie game for me was not as bad um i mean I, they just they just failed to hit any three um they yeah. could have played better that's like make or miss that's a make or <clears throat> yeah miss i mean game they they for, won for games playing and, and like shooting the ball like crap but mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen so it's a mix, mix of things but for sure yesterday it was one of those games where you can kind of see, hey, it doesn't 
we doesn't miss much. Mm-hmm. We miss a few things. We miss experience. We miss guys that can hit jumpers against any kind of defense. Um, Some physicality, definitely missing a, a guy named Chet. You know, there's like a lot of there's a there's several yeah. things. But you're you're right. Uh, what I liked so much about last night it was, hey, here's the best we got, and they they gave it the best they had. And the truth is. The Suns have two guys that are just so much better <laughs> than everybody. You know, it's like yeah. it's probably the best duo in the NBA, and yeah. that is a that's tough, man. That's super tough to to kind of get through. And they they played well. The Suns played well. The Thunder played well. Shea was incredible. Yeah. Um, just the fact that Shea didn't get hurt in that game. <laughs> was like one of the more meaningful things to me because it looked like at one point he uh, he came up gimpy and he ended up being okay. Um, but yeah, no, I love the way they played. I, I do think that there is something psychological about playing a team with Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker on it versus playing the team in Indiana with TJ McConnell on yeah. Friday. And you can't dis- you can't just dismiss it and act like it's nothing because and this is part part of being a young team and not quite a, kind of seizing each moment and understanding each moment for what it is. I mean, there's just there's a psychological aspect in one. I think that they were tired last week because they had played so many games in the month of March. Yeah. Two psychological in that there's letdown like that just happens with just. Human people. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, this one's going to be a little bit easier. I'm not going to give it Milwaukee quite as much. lost by 50 against Boston. Yes. <laughs> like, with Giannis on the, on the court. Like, yes. that is a letdown. Yeah. They, I mean, okay, see, do you remember the game? Sorry, and, and I'll let yeah. you finish. Do you mm-hmm. remember the game in Milwaukee when the Chris Paul-led team was on the rise and mm-hmm. they go into Milwaukee and they, boom, they, <laughs> they so just plummet. That's the NBA. Like, I mean, that's just, I mean, it's, it's the NBA and... I was just glad to see them give it their best shot. They fell short mostly because they didn't make shots. They had more offensive rebounds. I think they had the they out rebounded the Suns. They they played really good defense for the most part. They were only like a couple lapses. I thought they were really good. And so I can't I just can't be mad at the effort and what happened there. Also, it, it makes it easier to swallow because the Mavericks are just falling apart as we speak. There's some don't cons- say that. There's some. Don't say that just yet. I know. Don't say that just yet. Wait two games. They well the the several games that they've had they've fallen apart. <laughs> they they played not the best brand of basketball. You can say that. Man, you are really afraid of jinxing this, aren't you? Quite. Yeah. I, uh, I think that actually sitting Luca and and Kyrie might actually improve Dallas's chances to to make the plane but but anyway <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna handle the ball I don't know I don't know they might play though Josh Green. a little bit of energy and urgency yeah we've seen it I mean that happens with lots of teams I mean yeah the Thunder lost to the Charlotte Hornets with with PJ Washington yeah with PJ Washington and Teo Maladon so yeah I mean you never say yeah. never with any of this stuff I mean the Spurs won yesterday yeah too. That just, happened as well. You just don't. We just don't know what you want. You want the Thunder to not have to put this in the hands of the Mavericks. You want them to take matters into their own hands. 
exactly and go win some games so that it's not controlled by the stuff going on on the outside. I mean, Mark even said himself that you know they do their best to just pay attention to what they're doing. He said, obviously, he's like we can't ignore the box scores. Like we see the scores, we know where we're at, we know where the other teams are at. But he said, for the most part, we want to just keep our heads down as much as possible. It's like, okay, great. Also, it they they are getting a lot of ex, they're getting all the external help possible. I mean, there's the possibility, there's discussions going on about the Mavericks sitting Luca and Kyrie for mm-hmm. these last few games. I mean, that would be a that would be a huge gift given to the Thunder, just because I just don't know that they have the ball handlers necessary. Um, you also have Walker Kessler, who is in concussion protocols and is probably not going to play in that game. And that's that's big. He's He's good, and he was yeah. definitely difficult for the Thunder to play against in a lot of ways. I mean, they're getting all the external help possible to make at least 10th. And, you know, can they do it? Can they go, basically, can they win in Utah? Yeah, because, can they win one game? Because the, is, what the it. Mavericks need to do is win all of their games and have the Thunder... Is it the Thunder lose all their games or the Thunder only win one to get in? I think, I th- that, um, I think it's Maverick. Dallas- if, I think if the Thunder only win one and Dallas wins out, that the Mavericks get in. Yeah, the if, Mavs need to win two more games than the Thunder. So if the Thunder can get... I mean, it's going to be tough. Like the Warriors in Chase Center on Tuesday night is a tough one. Yeah. Utah is the winnable game. They're sitting guys. It's the THT show. We'll see what happens. And then Sunday, do the Grizzlies have anything to play for? I think will be interesting. And who knows who they play, how much they play, what that looks like. Things get wonky and weird toward the end of the season. It appears, I mean, the the Kings are two games back of... Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kings are two games back of the Grizzlies right now, and if the if the Grizzlies keep winning, they may be solidified in that two spot, have nothing to play for, and may be better off just resting their guys in OKC Sunday. We don't know if that's true or not. They may just want to play anyways because they're a young squad and they are going to get some time off anyways with the playing tournament. So who knows what that looks like. But things are getting so interesting for the Thunder. It's it's April 3rd, and we're actually talking about basketball, which is really fun. Yeah, it is. It is quite fun. And, um, I mean, we we said it, uh, and you mentioned it multiple times uh, during the your podcast uh, over the last few weeks, and we said it like five minutes ago. I mean, they are tired. Um, and... I mean, if you look at the bulk of the rotation of this team from January on, it's not that many players. And the fact that you miss two of these players mm-hmm. in Mike Muscala and, and, and Kenrich Williams for different, very different reasons, I think that has an impact. Um, because when Kenrich and Mike were on the court, you had you could play Jang a little bit more. You could yeah. play Trey Mann a little bit more because you have a little bit more structure. You have units that you know that, will win basketball games. So um, it's it's weird um, that 
those players matter so much. But I, but I think that it's also very encouraging. And we said it last time, last year as well. I mean, if you, if Kenrich and Mike are the reason why you're winning basketball game, it means that your team is good enough to make a jump. They are still needing a few pieces here and there. Um, but even if they, they, they were disappointing against Charlotte, they were disappointing against the, um, the they're Pistons frankly disappointing the, the entire the entire week they were disappointing yeah. just with the level of play that they brought yeah each night but i mean th- th- their starters should have been able to put those guys away it's not necessarily yeah. on mark for trying to get other players some minutes here and there it's to me it's more of what did their best players do when they were on the court and i just don't think that they were up to the task and that's part of being a young team is that yeah. young players are not up for the task <laughs> on a night-to-night basis. That's just a part of it, and it is frustrating, no doubt. But I think people just take it way too far in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, oh, they're, they're tanking again. Oh, I can't believe they're oh, doing no, no, this. No, no. And it's like, I mean, you just don't – that's the stuff where you're – where it's like, can you just like have some nuance within you to to not be well either we're tanking or we're going all in, and then the truth is they're not necessarily doing either one of those. They're gonna do what they're gonna do, and they're they're doing what they've done all season, and that's prioritize development, prioritize not this postseason, but prioritize the postseasons for when these players are in their prime. I mean, if you're looking like when are they actually gonna care about this? Like I hear. All kinds of things like that. So they're going to prioritize it when it matters most. Yeah. You know, would this play and run, could it be helpful to development for the players? Absolutely. Sure. Like I get that argument, but they're not going to sacrifice all the other stuff just to push in. I mean, they would have kept Mike, honestly. If they- which, which, <laughs> it's something that still bothers me a bit. Yeah, I, and I, I don't blame you because I, I think that he would be pretty helpful. I mean, Sharach hit a couple threes last night, but just yeah, like but defensively, it's... there's just not a whole lot to him. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, this is they're still – they weren't supposed to be here. Like, this is not where they were supposed to be on April 3rd, 2023. They were, we were supposed to be hitting Tankathon right now. And yeah. that's – that's just it is just is what it is. Now maybe Mike comes back this summer. How about that? What if yeah. they, what if they get what if they get the two seconds and they get Mike back this summer? Mike's not he's not um, in the rotation for the Celtics right now. Yeah, that's weird. Um I think that next year Jay Will will be better at basketball. Um he's hope so. There is also another thing that we need to address immediately. Yeah. Um we said it I think uh three weeks ago that I mean, OKC hit a very long stretch of extremely high shooting percentage. Mm-hmm. And Jay Will was part of that. Yep. Uh, Lindy, Isaiah Joe, even yeah. Dort and Giddy had moments. Well, maybe not simultaneously, but either Giddy or Dort were always shooting the basketball okay. Um, March has been a very bad month, yeah. like an uncharacteristically bad month for yeah. OKC. And they were still able to roam around the 50%, <clears throat> maybe a hair below, without two key players. And knowing 
that they miss a few rotation piece in order to be a very competitive team. I I classify this as a win as well, because you know that you didn't shut the basketball particularly well. Um, many of your shooters had down month, um, and and still you were able to produce at the reasonably high level on a month where you had a lot of games to play. So, I mean, this, even if it doesn't uh, result in OKC having any postseason action this year, I mean, they are exceptional compared to where we thought they, yeah. they could could have been at the beginning of the season. Um, 38 wins. Like, isn't it crazy? I mean, in, in a West where there are many teams that you that you fear that you can lose any any night yeah. against. Uh, and dropping some some eggs. Like they lost a game in Charlotte. They lost against Charlotte in OKC. They lost mm-hmm. in Orlando where they could have won the game. They lost in Miami on a very, very uncharacteristic um, 38 out of 38 from the free throw line or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're not getting, uh, like they, they're getting whistles because, I mean, they attacked the basket like nobody else. But last night, I mean, it's it's it was not a particularly fair, favorable um, night for OKC. In terms of getting calls, no. So there's still a lot that they can they can improve on, and and yeah. I mean, if you look at the stark difference between the consistency of Shea last year and the consistency of Shea this year, oh my goodness, or Giddy, or 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 Jaden. I mean, Giddy yeah. was playing like he was in a playground last year, yeah, and now he is getting his head down and like being physical being ready so it's yeah. long story short that would be great next year yeah i think we tend to and this is kind of human nature focus on like the the negative you mm-hmm. know um like we forget like they beat full strength sixers you know at the beginning of yeah. january you know like beat them like a drum 133 to 114 and we forget about games like that where it's like oh man that was a big one you know they I mean, they have the tiebreaker against Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, they. I think people remember this one just because it happened with O'Shea, but they beat Boston. You know, that was a big, that was a huge win. You know, mm-hmm. one that they shouldn't have had, and also they beat Memphis in a game that they shouldn't have had either, where yeah. Jaggett's throwing it early, but the Thunder didn't have anybody either. I mean, there are a lot of games in there that the Thunder shouldn't have had, and then they, as far as winning, and then they definitely lost some that they should. I mean, that's just. That's just the NBA, you know. That's just for a young team, especially, and getting to a consistent level in terms of results. It's not easy. Like it's the hardest thing, and this is why I think it's important that we don't put too much of our uh, energies into saying, "Oh, they should have played a different lineup here and there." Because, hey, these guys need to destroy, wanting to destroy their team every single night. That is that is the major step in development that a young team needs to do. I mean, there are very few teams that are able to say, "Okay, we are getting on the court tonight and we'll win." Not, yeah, yeah we'll see. No, 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 we will win. Yeah, like the the reason why the Warriors are a great dynasty it's because they played every single game to destroy the opponent, mm. and they were. Extremely talented, but the drive is what made them special. Yeah, the drive that that, that completely left them when they signed KD. It was not the same. 
Like yeah. that drive is a huge part of the development of a young core. And so if you need to play like from be, from behind, if you need to 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 have like 10 minutes of terrible Django or terrible uh Treyman in order for a team to say, okay, we need to get down in the court and 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 close the gap. Like these are important moments. They they failed. Okay. Well this well, is and remember it took learning. it took years for them to get there. It oh yeah. Years oh, yeah. and years for them to get there. I mean they drafted Steph and Draymond and the Clay and they had them for a few years. And remember there was talk about Kevin Love, like a a Kevin Love for Clay Thompson swap. And I think a lot of NBA pundits said that's that's something that the Warriors should definitely do. Mm-hmm. And they had that group together for a long time before they, it finally clicked. And they were like a good, fun, young team. You know, Jarrett Jack, you know, six man of the year, Jarrett Jack was on that team, hooping. And you just thought, this is a really fun story, great. And then they just finally got it once they entered their primes. And like, that's going to be another point of emphasis, I think, for this Thunder team is like, how do we convince some people to be patient until these guys hit their primes? And I know people are like, well, what if Shea doesn't want to stay? And what if this? And what if that? Like, I don't know. I don't think you can what if it because I don't, you can't, there's no acquisition they can make this summer or the summer after that's going to push these guys to be better. I mean, you look at, well, 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 well you look there, at, there might I, be. Well, you look at Boston, like Boston has made some, a lot of acquisitions, but what actually got them to the NBA Finals? It was Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum actually getting into their primes. Yeah, because they got Hal Orford and and and, and oh goodness, Hayward. Yeah, I mean they had Hayward, they had Kyrie, they tried yeah, Kemba. Are, I mean they tried. Yeah, but they tried I'm lots just, of things. Just, but the I, thing I that actually pushed pick. them there was their young core actually getting to the place where they needed to be with regards to age. No, no, I I was just saying, okay, if somehow you can get a top 10 player, that will actually put you there. Something they never feasible. Got something feasible, Michele. I mean, the Thunder aren't going to get Oh, Giannis. come on. I mean, we have Giannis a gazillion picks. We can, we, can, we can throw eight picks to Dallas and, and get Luca when when they will finally... Um, <laughs> Please, divorce. please stop put, putting this in the heads of Thunder fans. Please stop this. Um, I'm just saying that there are there are like suppose that Embiid is going like goes into a tragical ending of a playoff um, experience again. Yeah, anyone's out. Count Say, on okay, it. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. He's going to the Blazers probably. Yeah, but he, does he have like he has like two years left? One year left. How much? I don't know. It's not expiring. Is no, he? He's not, he's not expiring, but you know that. I mean, that's that's not out of the realm of possibility. That's under our training for Embiid, though. Sorry. Yeah, because Chet is better. Because Chet's better. That's why. No. <laughs> They're not ready for a move. They're just not going to be. Can you imagine ready. though? Just... Like, close your eyes for like just three seconds and imagine Joel Embiid with his team. That would be quite, quite to see. I just don't want to take shots away from J Dub. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of how I feel. Come on, Andrew. I mean, we are talking about Joel Embiid. Yeah, I know. It Joel, be, it would be so sick. It'd be so sick. Yeah, to have can you imagine here. like pick and roll? Joel Embiid and and, and they'd Embiid. be unstoppable. They'd Shed. be absolutely unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would By be- the way, speaking about unstoppable, 
how sad are you watching Aiden play basketball? I'm kind of sad every time I watch what? him. What do you mean that he's just not that good? Yeah, I mean it's it it looks like a waste. A waste of like of, waste uh, of talent. Waste of talent. Waste of physicality. Waste, yeah, yeah. Waste of yeah. And he's how old is Aiden? He's I think Shay's age, so twenty five going to twenty six. Yeah. I mean, hey, Jay's in the chat. chat. Come on, Jay. Up, I mean, Jay? We, Embiid is Embiid for Chet. Done deal. Embiid for Chet. Get out of town. Get out of town. <laughs> he's 24. He's 24. He yeah. plays like he's 19 still. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you did you see Giddy? I mentioned this on Thunder After Dark with. Of course, I saw that. Did you see Giddy just just bully him out of the way? Yeah. First did that get all, you? Did I that get you a little to- pumped up? Yeah, I was. First of all, this is the first thing I do in the morning after I watch the game. So I always listen to After Dark, especially on home games. Um, but anyway, yes, that that is why I'm so sad. Like, he is a monster. He could bully yeah. everybody. Yeah. He kind of does this hook shots and dunks when he's uh, when he has an open lane. And yeah, as someone who like, like grew up serious? loving Shaq. Like the Shaq yeah. is has to be so mad watching him play because he's like, what are you doing? You could, especially against this Thunder team, where it's like Jay Will and Josh Giddy. Yeah, <laughs> like, come on, just, man! Come on, man! Like just like, throw the hammer down. You're taller and have longer arms than literally everybody on the court. Yeah, just just destroy people. Just go like. Biombo was more aggressive. Like, Biombo was pretty aggressive. Like, yeah. What is this thing? Yeah. Like, it's, it's I don't know. It, it's it's something that I I I mean I can't understand. Uh, yeah. But anyway, he's he in a he's is, in a good position though with those guys to get mm. opportunistic buckets and stuff. I mean, you know, it's a good situation for him because he's definitely not somebody that can be your second guy or third guy at least as of today. You know, maybe that changes as he gets a little older. But to me, it seems like more of a mentality thing than it, than anything, because he's physically yeah. ready to just destroy these guys. Um, you mentioned the shooting. Do you know what they shot in the month of January from three? Um, I think I know that, like thirty-eight point two, forty point seven percent. Do you know how many teams shot better than them from three in the month of January? None. Zero. They were the number one team in three-point percentage in the month of January. In the yep. month of March, which is over, by the way, do you know what they shot from three? I guess below 34%. I mean, you're freaking me out. 33.9%. Yeah. So that's 27th. Yeah. So if you're sitting there wondering, like, what happened to the Thunder? They were so good. That's it. Like, this and these months happen on both ends of the spectrum. Are they the 27th best three point shooting team? No. Are they the first <laughs> best shooting team in the league? No. Well, if they play Mike Muscala, they are. Sorry. <laughs> they're they're 18th. They're at they're at 35.7 uh, percent on the season. That's who they are. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think they are better than that. They started off terribly. Like, 
I probably the first the first month was like below thirty two percent even. Yeah. Like it was just terrible. Um I think Post, that they are a thirty six, thirty seven percent kind of team. Um post when all star break, they're thirty five. Before or after? Uh, after. Pre okay. All Star Break, which is more games, thirty six point four percent. Yeah, I think that that is that is actually where they should. Yeah, thirty five, thirty six percent. Like that's who that's that's who they are. They're not this thirty three percent team that we saw in the month of March. It was it was tough. There were some really rough games just with regards to shooting, and they're not who they were in January. They're they're in somewhere in the middle, and the who you are at the end of the season that like, that number is pretty reflective of the kind of shooting team that you are. Well, there is a huge factor here, uh, and we'd already discussed it, I think, last Monday. It's the fact that Joe is in a terrible slump. Uh, terrible. And if you have Joe and Dort, which account for, I think, a third or roughly a third of OKC shooting, if yeah. they shot both below 30% or around 30% combined, probably below, um, since Dort is shooting, I don't know, 25% or something like that, um, it's... <clears throat> it's easy to drop i don't think that with chat holmgren on the court they will be a team that shuts below 36 percent um next year because that will open up a lot of space for mm-hmm. for for isaiah Joe. we said it last week but it was apparent in in this week as well i mean he's not getting the same looks and one of the simplest look that Isaiah Joe was getting was after the the pick and roll, central pick and roll between Mike Muscala and Shea Alexander, where there can't be a double on Shea because otherwise Mike is open. Yep. And so there is the the guy who is on the wing who closes out and boom, Isaiah Joe is wide open. Mm-hmm. So that looks will come back. Uh, it's not there with, with Jay Will. It's not there with Charge, even if they both shoot the ball reasonably well. Nobody is really closing out. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Chet there, get ready because Isaiah Joe will be it'll his be, usual self. Be and it's also again. like something that you, we should reflect on. I mean, mm-hmm. if Isaiah Joe gets tougher, a little bit of a tougher look every single night. He's closer to what he was in, in, in Philly than what he was in OKC. Maybe there is something in between, which is this version, where he's averaging 40% from three, maybe 39, mm-hmm. um, something like that. But um, but yeah, the 46 was kind of an aberration, I think, and more a byproduct of the kind of units that OKC was able to put in the court. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, just like the general improvement of mm-hmm. the current roster and whoever they add this summer, I think there's just going to be better shots for guys like Joe, like you mentioned. Like that's that's just going to happen. So yeah, I I'm very intrigued, obviously, to see how this team plays in the coming years. But hey, we still got three games left mm-hmm. for this Thunder squad this year, and. When they play hard like they did uh, last night, they they still got some juice left, especially against these lower-tier Western Conference teams. And so they will likely be playing one of, if they get there, Minnesota or New Orleans. I guess the Lakers are still a possibility as well. Mm. Um, I wouldn't bank on that. 
Yeah, I wouldn't. I really just think it's probably going to be Minnesota that they play in this playing game, and it will likely be in Minnesota. So they've so the Timberwolves' remaining schedule, as I pull this up, they are at Brooklyn. They play at San Antonio, and then at New Orleans. New Orleans is going to have something to fight for. The Spurs are fighting for Wimby. And Brooklyn is still fighting as well. So yep. that San Antonio game is a big one for them. Like they just need to take care of business. And Brooklyn and New Orleans are are toss ups, in my opinion. Yeah. I would guess they go one and two. But the issue for OKC is that they they hold the tiebreaker. I mean Minnesota does. So OKC yeah. would have to sweep in order to to pass them, which is mm-hmm. extremely unlikely. Yeah, it's very unlikely. You just, but you never know. It's un, it's unlikely though. I I would, but that's that's the uh, that's the opponent most likely. And I I don't think we should go all in depth on <laughs> a matchup there until we've got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought I, I'm very I'm just so intrigued to watch these last three games. Uh, what do you think of Dort last night? Obviously, the shooting was bad, but. I thought he was awesome last night, other than the shooting. It's it's interesting that we say, well, yeah, what about Dort uh, other than the shooting? Like, what a, what what a, what is about half of Lou Dort? No, I I think I think that uh, in total honesty, he was one of the few players that I actually liked. This uh, this week, I, I know that he he shot the ball terribly, terribly. But but he was the spark. He was one of the guys who could actually bring a little bit of momentum uh, on either end of the court. Yeah. So against Detroit, he was the one who made the like oh a few plays where he, he was able to to win the game. Yeah. So I I think that um, Lou Lou has to watch films of how phoenix plays because that is so helpful i know that it that it seems like demoting him to park him in the corner but look look okogi i mean okogi is a player that will play for a championship level team mm-hmm. um and he's much worse than ludort uh to be 100 fair on both ends of the court i was gonna say much worse in almost every single way possible yeah 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 i mean phoenix will pay a lot to get dort and like and just give away um, Okogi. Okogi's been given but away he, multiple times already in his career. Yeah, yeah. But Okogi knows what what makes him serviceable for Phoenix, and yeah. it's not the time now for Ludor to settle because he clearly wants more. And I can't, I really can't uh, be mad at him because this is one of the last years where it can do that without consequences. Yeah. Next year is probably still the case. Because even if he costs OKC five games, who cares? OKC is not ready next year to really compete for a top two seed in the West. In three years, though, he either gets to a level where his offense is something or he has to settle into yeah. a different role. He just has to. There are moments where you can you can see glimpses of what he can be at the beginning of the season he's driving to the basketballs 
clearly better. Mm-hmm. Now it's just completely random. Mm-hmm. Like there are some some wild attempts where I mean it's basically like almost like what are you doing? Why are you doing that? It's, I think it's when so, he's going too fast. Yeah, you know, there's there are moves when it's like a power move when he's almost like jump stopping to the hoop. That he's that's a really good position for him is like just using his power. But when he's mm-hmm. using speed. He like doesn't have the same body control. Yeah, you saw it last night. And it was, this, was a, this was an interesting fast break because Shea rarely passes on a fast break, no matter who's mm-hmm. you know along with him. And he threw it to Dort, and Dort just flung the ball off the backboard, and it went right to J Dub. J Dub got an and one. Actually, ended up being yeah, like yeah, the yeah. best case scenario. But that was on Lindy's steal. On a fast break. Yeah, Lindy had two steals last night. He had the he had the one with Kevin where he just ripped the ball from Kevin. There's yeah. there's some fun Lindy moments last night. But like I do think was the it Dort- the play hmm? where Kevin slapped him in the face? Yeah, it's weird. Another player got the T for that, or Flagan for that. Yeah, there were some uh, there's some How interesting was interesting calls last night. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that 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 Shay hand in the face too. I don't remember who was like looked bad, but come on. I mean, like yeah. it was unnecessary. Yeah, he already apologized. It's not that the it was probably on Okogi. Yeah, I, and I think he ended up missing the two free throws, anyways. But yeah, yeah. And the officiating did not cost the Thunder the game. What cost the Thunder the game? No. Is they didn't shoot well, and no. that. The Suns did shoot well, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I actually, I just love the energy that Lou brought to the game mm-hmm. last night. It was just seeing it up close and seeing it. He just makes such a huge impact on just the way the team plays, and you know they're gonna play him forty-five minutes in the play-in game if they get there. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe 48 minutes if they... Well, it depends. It depends on... There is another guy that you should play and should can, that can play um, minutes instead of Dort. Not and instead of. Not no, instead, instead of. of. Because you need to play a, a, a tall human being for, I don't know, 15 minutes at least. And so there, there might be minutes for Wiggins at the two guard anyway. I just yeah. want to, to have Wiggins in the court. Wiggins is good, Wig- man. Yeah. And... Yeah, Wiggins is very good. Um, Wiggins knows he's not settling into a role, but he clearly knows what he should do on offense. Yeah. Like he's not like limiting himself. No. He's just taking and making shots that he, that he knows he can make. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember I'm, I'm I know that I said this many, many times, but I, but it clearly shows a different in a pro, a difference in approach. That is meaningless in terms of like being able to 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 have efficient offense. Like in college, Aaron Wiggins had the mid-range jumper as one of his skills. Yeah. He can take a mid-range shot. I mean, in summer league, I remember him taking these smooth pull-up jumpers and mm-hmm. said, nice. Yeah. And it's nowhere to be seen at this level. Why? Because there are more efficient shot shots to take. Yeah. He's not ready to make mid-range shots at the 46, 48% clip, which is needed in the NBA in order to be able to take that shot. Mm-hmm. This is a blueprint for a guy, 
that wants to be efficient on offense. Yeah. He's amazing. I just I just love him. He definitely plays a more measured brand of basketball than Dort does. Dort doesn't do anything measured. Dort just he's just pedal to the metal. He's like he definitely has like the same like Westbrook mentality, you know. Where it's just yeah. like I'm giving you a thousand percent of what I've got, good or bad, whatever it is, it's you're you're getting it. <laughs> and and Wiggins is I, lo- I love Wiggs. I think he's a good player. I think that he could function on a lot of NBA teams. I think that he's got good length. He's a good athlete. I still don't quite understand why he was in and out of the rotation all year. To me, he's one of the more stable players on the roster. Mm-hmm. Part of it may not have anything to do with him. It may have more to do with that we want to get other players some time. I fully support this as the solely reason for his minutes. Yeah, I, there I is. Mean, I mean, that, it's that, the same as Kenrich last year. Yeah, yeah, I think, and we and we saw it last night. I mean, he played 22 minutes off the bench. He was one of the first guys off the bench. You could tell that Mark, the mentality going into the Phoenix game, was you're getting our best shot, and that's and that's what's going to happen. And yeah, Wiggs was a part of that. I thought I thought he was really good. So that I mean, he was fun. I thought Lindy and his ten minutes was good. You would have. There were a couple threes that you were just like, man, if that one would have gone down, that would have been a big one. But defensively and on the boards, yeah, he's he's pretty good. You know, he's feisty. He like, plays hard. Yeah, his size is something that they need, especially when. You're bringing other guys off the bench. Like, Jang doesn't know how to play, how to use his 6'11 frame yet, and he's learning. Um, but Lindy knows how to use, like, every bit of the 6'6 frame that he's got. And But it wasn't like this last year. Like... He, dude, he's he's improved so much mm-hmm. since, since the moment he got to the blue until now. He, it's a crazy amount of improvement. And even from the moment that he left Oklahoma State, to his, you know, long journey to oh, yeah, the blue. That's... Like the improvements that he's made are kind of astounding. And I I he's one of the guys that I trust out there on the court for the Thunder. I think that if they get to the play and I don't I I think they may try him for a couple minutes here yeah. and there. If he has the shot going in, then if yeah. If he comes in and hits two threes, I think like great. We'll 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 keep you out there for 10 minutes. If he misses both threes, it's like, "All right, we're going to give Wiggins 28 minutes instead." Yeah, that's that's a good call. And I was just thinking about reliable players that OKC will have next year. Yeah, and it's the starting unit with Chad. Mm-hmm. Then you have Wiggins and Kenrich. Mm-hmm. God, you they, could, man, they could really use Kenrich. They could just use Kenrich so much during this stretch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then you probably uh. have will have good minutes from one between the the next pick in the draft and Usman Jang. I think that there there will be minutes yeah. that are not inconsequential. And then you have J Will. Yeah. These are nine guys. Mm-hmm. Like nine guys is a full rotation of reasonably okay to good to great NBA players. Yeah. And then you have like your okay, what's what is Poku going to be? What is JRE? Uh, probably 
away, but but that's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Trey Mann? Can he give you um, improvement? Can he fight for a spot? I don't believe. I mean, Trey uh, was not that. a part of their best shot last night. I th- I think, and this is something that Presti has addressed more than once, probably, is that guys are going to get left behind, mm-hmm. like J. Rob, yeah. Poku, Trey Mann. There are a lot of reasons to like those guys or a lot of reasons to believe that they're not going to make it. But it's going to be on them. It's not yeah. about public opinion. It's about what goes on behind the scenes. Are they putting in the work? I don't have any reason to believe that those guys aren't putting in the work. But you you just don't know. Like Isaiah Joe just like popped up on this roster, not a part of the plan of the vision. Oh, just like, I didn't even mention Isaiah Joe. Yeah, you didn't mention Joe. Like Joe's, like, Joe's there too. Like ten guys. Yeah, ten guys. Joe just pops up on the roster. He's like, "Hey, I'm confident. I'll shoot the basketball." And he I'll comes play in. Defense. I'll play Tom. defense. I mean, he takes charges. He He's willing to do it all. He's got a little bit more juice off the bounce than you would expect. Not as much as Trey, but just enough to get to like this mid-range pull-up whenever they close out hard on him. And he's decently reliable there. I mean, he's a guy that they trust. I mean, when you look at the guys, who do they trust off the bench? Wiggins and Joe played the most minutes off the bench. Those are the two guys right now with Kenridge out. They forgot Joe. No, don't forget Joe. Yeah. Discovered the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Um, question for you. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the fact that Mark put the wrong guy on KD and the wrong guy on Booker? To start while, the game? Yeah. <laughs> I, think they wanted no, to, I, mean, it, I think they wanted to throw as many looks out there as possible. I think this is also part of investing in the future of the team. Yeah. In that, no, I love that they got uh, J-Dub. It was a lot like, of experience. It like like wasn't bad. No, he wasn't bad. He used his length really well. I thought he was as physical as he could have been. He, there were, honestly, it's just impossible to defend Kevin Durant. <laughs> like, he's yeah. just impossible to defend. But it's it's such good experience for him. And Dort's, yeah. Dort's done it before. Dort is good. Uh, he did a great job on KD down the stretch. Um. I agree that Booker is not the best matchup for Dort. I think even even like J Dub might be a little bit better, yeah. Just because of the yeah, length aspect, because like physicality that, doesn't for whatever reason. Like Booker's so good, man. Like that dude is I, so. I mean, so that good. shot. I rewatched it probably three times. Yeah, I mean J Dub made a perfect 
defensive possession. He jumped at the moment he should have jumped. He altered quite a lot the shot of, of Booker because he had to change the the height of the shot. Oh my goodness! And he made it. And he made like, I, that one. I that one was. I turned to Joe Masato and just said, "I don't know how he did that." Yeah, that that was just a stupid shot. Like, how can you how can you adjust midair when you see the hand? I don't know. Man. Very very close. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't. It is <sighs> amazing. It's just amazing yeah. basketball players. Yeah, same as the dunk that Shea had in in, his, in transition against Skadi. No, that was that was um, um, a non-block that. Yeah, just that's one of those you'd like to have back. It's just it's just kind of whatever. I mean, that could have been a great dunk. Should have been a great dunk. Yeah, yeah Shea, Shea was awesome last night. We don't even mention him. Thirty-nine on twenty-two shots, seventeen to seventeen from the free throw line. The dude yeah. just battles. Like he's just like constantly battling, constantly getting to the hoop, just playing against some good defenders in Phoenix yeah. and a t- like a team. And you, he always says like you want to see where you stack up. Well, like yeah, where he stacks up is at the top of the yeah. NBA. Is where he stacks. There was up. a moment where Katie comes down the court. I think the game is still close. I don't remember the exact score. But he hits a very tough mid-range shot. And Shea asks for a screen mm-hmm. to match up with KD. Yeah. Oh. Does two, three dribbles. And then pulls back and hit in his face. And he had, that, he had some words for KD after that, too. Yeah, they, they were bark Like, they were gently barking at each other. Oh, it was, like, all in good fun. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Durant's yeah. at a point in his career where he can have that kind of fun, which is good to see. Um, yeah. Also, if you want to hear a lengthy discussion on why the Thunder fans should or should not boo Kevin Durant, you can listen to Thunder After Dark with me and Joe. We kind of yeah go at it a little bit on that one. Until he comes back, they are hey free to boo him. Boo him, man. Boo him. I think it's the right thing to do. Honestly, what it shows when people are like, he meant so much to the team. That's why they boo. He, he did point, so much for our community. He he showed so much for us. Golly gee, we should be welcoming that guy back. No, they boo because of that. That's why they boo. Because they are still mad. Because they is. are still mad and should be. That's why they boo. They don't boo because they hate this guy. They boo because it still hurts, and that's okay. Yeah, it's, it's more than okay. And yeah. again... Um, I kind of hope I tweeted um, that day. I remember vividly where I was. I was walking uh, on the mountains and I tweeted, hey, now we have just to wait for you to come back. I kind of hope that it does. I don't think it will happen. But I, don't I think kind it happens of hope. either, but uh, he talks very favorably about the team. I think, I mean, yeah. if he wants he to come back. He knows about and, Pokushevsky. If he wants to come back. <laughs> If he wants to come back in the twilight of his career, like in four years or something. Like in two years. Like he's 35. He's still got a lot of juice left, man. Yeah. he If he wants to, like, wouldn't it be amazing if in two years he wins the title in Phoenix this year? He plays another one. He loses. And and then, okay, see, so he's ready to win. Like, I, be, I, I really believe that in 2025... 
the year when you have a cap spike, that is the year where, I mean, there might be. There should be. A there cap be. spike. Reunion. Man, it would be poetic. A cap spike leads to Kevin coming back. Yeah. I am a firm believer that this is not going to happen. <laughs> me too. I'm so. just dreaming. Let me dream for a bit. I'll let like you I dream. had a rough day at work. I really want to dream. <laughs> oh, hey, speaking of dreaming, the new CBA has been is is going to be ratified. It's going to take place. It includes a a play in turn or a uh, in-season tournament, sorry, in-season tournament which I'm very excited about where the final will be played. Yeah in uh, the final four will be played in Vegas. I think it's a I think it's going to be so much fun. If you don't like the idea of it, you know, you can go sit in your recliner and do whatever old people do because it's going to be fun. Um Just just look at the play in. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, the play in's been amazing. It's 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 it it allows for the possibility of meaningful basketball. Will it definitely be meaningful? I'm not sure. But it provides possible fun and possible meaningful basketball. And if you just yes. provide that, I'm all in. Uh, also, it takes away... It, it, this is basically one of the best outcomes for the Thunder as a franchise. If you want to go listen to somebody who knows way more about this stuff than me, go to patreon.com slash Team. This show is actually available to everybody. It's, it's free. So this is typically a paid-for podcast. Um, that we started years ago. Michele is a part of it. If you go to patreon.com slash OKC Dream Team, you can also find it on Spotify if you search for OKC Dream Team. It's free on both sites. And it's just 30 minutes of John Hamm explaining the CBA stuff. Yeah. Um, just But to touch on it real quick, essentially they are gearing this toward rewarding teams who draft well. Yeah. And that... Is I mean, if you're Presti and the front office and the ownership group, like you have to be so excited because there there were mechanisms in place with the old CBA that kept you from being able to give out a number of more than two rookie max extensions, and then you, I mean, what if you have more? Like the Thunder, obviously, have a long way to go before they figure that out, but just the possibility of being able to keep all of your guys is such a big deal. Uh, yeah. That's a big one, getting the third two-way spot, which Dignall spoke to at practice today, so that that was a big one for them. Um, the exception that you get for a second-round player, which the Thunder have done well in the second round. I mean, there's there's just a lot in there that is helpful to this team being able to stay together and if you were starting to get worried about, can they keep these guys together? What if this guy needs a max? What if that guy needs a max? What if J-Dub and Chet need a max? And what if what if Giddy needs a max? Like Now you don't have to worry about that. Now, to keep the team you together... You kind of have to, but it's... Well, I was going to say, you need some level of sacrifice to keep it yeah. all together. But this at least doesn't like absolutely keep you from making that happen if... You get to that place, and it's like, okay, J Dub and Chet are demanding rookie maxes. Like you could, you and could do it. The beauty of it is that you already extended Shea yeah. to a max deal, and that max in twenty twenty five will not be as costly as it is right now. Yeah. Um, the second is Giddy is the sec the the, the Giddy part is the crucial one to mm-hmm. me. If Giddy blossoms into 
a 25, 8, and 9 kind of guy who hits 35% of his you, do, you don't you, you don't worry about the cap. Just you have a star. Who cares? Like yeah. just 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 do give him the max, give it the max to J Dub and then play the first the first two seasons of of Chet's rookie deal and and we'll see. Yeah. Or the first uh, well they they Chet and, and J Dub are eligible the same year. Um but anyway, uh, if he doesn't and and you can get him for a reasonable deal and this team is winning, you might have the possibility to to keep the thing together. Yeah. Because I mean just having the possibility, just that the NBA itself has opened up avenues for a rebuilding team, not necessarily just the Thunder, but teams like the Cavaliers, teams yeah. like New Orleans, to just open up the possibility to just keep young teams together that are brought in through the draft. Like that's it that is a huge win. A huge yeah. win for this franchise and for just the possibility of keeping them together. So um yeah, it's very it's it was it's very exciting because these things have not typically not gone well for the Thunder and have altered plans in negative ways in the past. So hopefully and there are always here's the thing about it is like there are always unforeseen consequences of every action within these CBAs yeah. and we don't exactly know what that's going to look like. Also the also the fact that they are smoothing the cap. They've already agreed yes. to do that is another big deal. Because if you're looking at the roster, let's say if I mean every Thunder fan looks at the current roster and you're already thinking about Chet and you're already worried about how are we going to keep all these guys? You know, how is this going to happen? Like the Thunder aren't going to be big time spenders in free agency. You know, that is unlikely to happen. Um, and so just having just a normal smooth cap, having the ability to keep your guys, having the third spot um, for your two way guys, like all of those is like check, check, like those are great. Everything looks pretty good for the Thunder moving forward. And there's not some rule in place that's like, oh my gosh, how are they going to actually keep this team together? You know, so it's, it's encouraging, honestly. It's very encouraging. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's it's having possibilities what matters. Um, and Presti showed multiple times that he knows what to do with uh, chances and possibilities and opportunities. Mm. So yeah, no, it's exciting. So the Thunder, there's no games tonight in the NBA at all. National championship. Um. Thoughts? You excited? You watching this game? Um, probably not. Um, but um, I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of interested in this game because of the guy that plays for UConn, who seems pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, I can't wait to discuss um, that guy with you tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to talk about him on the Dream Team Draft Show. If you don't know about the Dream Team Draft Show, McKelly and I discuss as many players that are going to be in this next draft as possible. So Jordan Hawkins is on on the docket for tomorrow for that show. Yeah. So again, patreon.com slash OKC Dream Team if you're interested in listening to those shows. We have a, we have a lot of them up right now. Um, so yeah. Uh, 
anything else before we go that we haven't discussed? Uh, Michael Cage returned to broadcast on uh, next week. How many? It will be either great if San Diego State wins, yeah. or he will he will just be miserable. Yeah, I will say I've enjoyed Paris on the on the broadcast. Oh, I, I I I said it multiple times. Paris is great. I just want to have her at every single broadcast I, going forward. I, She's awesome. I agree. She deserves a seat at the table. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, she's she's very very good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hey, this time next week, Michele, we will know if the Thunder get into the play-in. We have such a cool shirt to release to you guys if they do get there. And I just I I hope that we know a little bit earlier. Hopefully the Mavs just completely just <laughs> keel over. They definitely have so far, but oh well, yes, if if OKC wins in one game and they lose one game, that's then it's over. That's about over. Yeah, and then you will see the shirt. We'll get pre-orders and we'll try to get these to you guys asap. <clears throat> so amazing! Can't wait! I can't wait! I'm very excited yeah. to see what happens on pins and needles. Things matter. And the month of April for Thunder fans is is very, very fun. Um, okay, McKelly, have a great day, man. Hey, and you listening. You guys have a great day, too. Hey, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed, you can follow along live as we talk. You can watch us talk on YouTube. You can hit the little the little bell, and it will alert you when we have a new podcast coming up. So uh, please subscribe on YouTube. And then you can subscribe also wherever you get your podcast. Hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful Monday. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.